Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. gentlemen welcome to the four corners podcast this is brad and i am here with matt uh <laughs> salutations yes uh so matt uh as we said last week shad will be missing a few weeks here so um we hope that he will return shortly so um as always our show is brought to you by collar and elbow t-shirts uh four corners podcast as a coupon code will get you 10 percent off i think you can stack that on sales and clearance so uh usually the sales are a pretty good time to grab stuff in my experience yeah, yeah i am wearing uh i'm actually wearing a collar double shirt right now the high risk maneuver i'm not sure if that's back up on the site or if that they had pulled that one it's, it's gonna pop up again but it's a it's a really good one I need to find uh, my again. Pro Wrestling Got Illustrated it. logo one. You know, my wife, I because like my wife a couple years back, uh, in New York right before all the pandemic stuff happened, like we went to uh, their booth at the WrestleCon show, and she, I bought her the the Lion Mark one, the um, yellow New Japan style one. Color yeah. and she still wears that a lot. Like she wears it pretty frequently. I stained that one to irreversible. <laughs> for some reason, those collar and elbow ones, like I always stain them. I ruin them like first time I get them. All of them. It's, yeah, it's it's always oh. kind of easier to wear like a, a black shirt, but black t-shirt, dark colored t-shirt, because yeah. otherwise, like it becomes like stain magnets. Yeah, somehow my Danhausen one has made it so far. Which one? The one you have, the the CM Punk. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So then our other shout out goes out to. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, Orlando Cologne uh, famously can speed run through any video game he wants to, including old school ARPGs. So this week. <laughs> We're talking about a specific era, so this would be the golden age of JRPGs. So, yeah. I don't know what like the and official definition of that is. We're we're going with mainly the 16-bit era, but I think I think a lot of people would say that golden age extends into the PSX era a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so let's let's start with you, Matt. So do you do you know what the first JRPG you played was? Uh, well, I don't know the 16-bit era per se. But I'll go 8-bit. It's probably Final Fantasy. That's my first one. Yeah. And we should clarify, like, for those who don't know, I feel like most everyone knows nowadays, but JRPG, Japanese role-playing games, like... Yeah. And I feel like that that has... What do you... How do you define that? Because to me, like, that's a very specific type of, of gameplay, and it's not just because it has something something akin to like an anime style um storyline or plot uh it's it's a turn-based game kind of to me yeah that's how it should be so i would say um strong characterization um set cast of characters maybe a little um on the rails because it has a stronger narrative where i would say a um what we call a crpg or western rpg has a much stronger emphasis on exploration system and character building like the um like a a crpg is much more about the role play i feel and a jrpg Mm -hmm. is much more about here are these characters that you're going to take on this adventure Mm 
that's more more my that's take a, on it. Actually, like it's a pretty good. That's a pretty good definition, actually. It's it's, um, it's gotten watered down because um, they've both kind of started to liberally borrow from each other. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of um a lot of two JRPGs. So Wizardry was absolutely gigantic in um Japan. So a lot of JRPGs has its root in, roots in Wizardry. For I don't play trivia. I never play that. I know they did. They did a bunch of ports for those games. Um, I don't know if I ever even saw those. If I did, I don't know that I recall them. I had them for a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um. So th- those are kind of more like dungeon crawls, right? Yeah, they're first-person dungeon crawlers, and they're very mm-hmm. heavily rooted in D and D, like yeah, the stats I... and everything from D and D. Yeah, that's that's something I do recall about them is that they were very, like very heavily like D and D influenced, and I feel like a lot of a lot of like RPGs, at least initially, were very like uh, Dungeons and Dragons influenced. I'd say you Final can, Fantasy One is. Yes, um, and you can kind of argue like some of the elements of of even modern RPGs. Are kind of they kind of draw from that yeah. uh, the whole concept of having like hit points and leveling characters and things like that. I feel like to me, I feel like it, it draws from like old school D and D and Lord of the Rings. Like so, D and D borrowed heavily from Lord of the Rings, and you yes. can see that then go into all these JRPGs. Did you own any Wizardry games, or did you just play them? I had the first two for Nintendo. Like after the fact, uh, when I was a teenager, I still dabbled in my NES for a long time because you mm-hmm. know the NES was awesome. So I got those. I think I even got like the second one from Funko Land, and then mm. I had. Wow, <laughs> that takes me back. That name, Funko Land. Yeah, but then so the, the, so fun little fact: if you have a Famicom, which I do. Uh, you can get the Wizardry games for the Famicom, um, and if you know where to go in the options, you can turn English text on. So there's three of those, and they're far cheaper on Famicom than they are on the um, on the NES. Really? Yeah. I'll have to send you like pictures how? sometimes because Famicom games are much more fun. Like they come in different colors, they have fun graphics, not like the boring gray we had. If just like brainstorming, if I were to want to buy like a Famicom now, mm-hmm. like how much would that run me? Um, <coughs> oh, sorry. As Brad chokes to death. <laughs> I think I got mine water. for fifty bucks. That's pretty good. But mine's not like <clears throat> mine is not aesthetically pleasing. Well, and the Famicom, we should also note the Famicom. It kind of is a Japanese console, but it's kind of like didn't the the, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, like that's kind of it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. So but anyway, you might actually find some uh, Japanese-specific games or Japanese content. Oh games yeah, like they have a they have a chibi Splatterhouse game for it. They have Kid Dracula for it that you can get. Um, there's wow. quite a few. And um, but anyway, so if you get one, um, you can get them here actually if you know where to look. The disc system will run you more, and I think they've gotten more expensive. But I think you could probably get one if you're careful for like under a hundred. Hmm. But the things you have to know, the controllers are hardwired to the system, and you only get about two feet on them. <laughs> hmm. So you have to have it in a good place. Now, the thing you have to be really careful about, well, you need a tube TV because you have to, because how it works, you have to have like access to like channel 98 or something for it. Hmm. But the other thing is you have to make sure you get the right adapter for it, for the, the plug which they sell these in aftermarket, so they're easy to get. But you can't just put a regular um, plug into it because the, the, the voltage is wrong and it'll just fry it. So you have to get a specific 
a specific plug for it that'll work in an American plug, but you have to make sure like the voltage feed is right and everything. Because I think it uses like DC instead of AC, which a lot of American stuff does. So you have to do some reading, but yeah, I think I, mine's like has a crack in it, and it's 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 not white anymore. It's it's pretty yellowed, so. Uh, I think I got it for 50. I haven't gotten a disc system. Those are more expensive and you usually have to get those like repaired. Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a fun little system. I have probably 40 or 50 games for it because you know, there's some, you can get some stuff cheaper there. Like I have a bunch of the Mega Man games for it. I have, um, Mappy for it. Ah, yeah. That's interesting. Like it, for those who don't know, Brad has is kind of like into uh, collecting old school games. I I guess you would have to try and get like something aftermarket to to make some of these systems work because I remember like way back in the day, it was like okay, plug your like converter into the back of your TV, but yeah. <laughs> it was like really you need to have like the like the old school thing popping out of the TV. It's not just like I'll plug it into HDMI port. It's like no. This was like an old school, like uh, this big coaxial uh, port that you have to like plug in. And I remember buying from Radio Shack, like the old uh, converter things. Which Radio Shack does Radio Shack even exist at this point? I think like, they closed. They do. I think they closed down most of the stores. I'm sure you could probably buy some of those converters aftermarket on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah, because Amazon has everything. Because I have like I have like three way breakers for my AV cables mm-hmm. so that I can manage them. But so I, I have, I have quite a bit. I have a master system. I have like a Genesis, um, Dreamcast, SNES, N64, NES, Famicom, and Atari 7800. And I have a ColecoVision mm-hmm. that doesn't work very well. But I mean, yeah, a lot of that stuff, you know, like my NES has a new pin connector because that's what causes your blue screen stuff like i have a game gear that's had the screen completely like replaced and stuff so i mean there's a lot of stuff with the retro stuff that you need to do to keep it going but i still have my original nes so i think i actually have an original nes too like I have no games for it, but I think I have that somewhere here in storage. You can get these things called Evercarts. So what that is is it looks like an NES cartridge, and then you put an OS on an SD card and the games you want, and then you put it in that, and you put it in the NES, and it um, it works just like a cartridge. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um an interesting thing. But so I know Final Fantasy is the first one I played because I remember the first time I ever experienced that like. The whole concept of like an RPG like blew my mind. See, I like hated it initially when I first played it. For someone who has talked about it before in this podcast, how much I love the the game. Like when I initially was playing it, like I didn't get the concept. But I was I was like really little, so when I I rented this from like the video store and I didn't get it. I didn't get that it's like well no you actually have to like build levels. Uh, I was just thinking more of like the just a regular like say like a regular action platformer. Just push forward and yes, and yeah. so it's like when you actually would were forced to you know fight battles with characters against enemies, and I didn't understand the concept of like well if you die like that's that's like end of game and you but you can come back you can heal people or you can oh yeah yeah and so I was like I didn't like it but then. Because especially old, when you get again. to the part where you need to like grind for the silver swords is about where you'd get yeah torched yeah yeah so now it's like I didn't understand the concept of grinding um, but when I eventually did like then I had a lot of fun with it you can appreciate it although uh, it of course obviously was with any video game especially with with JRPGs it's like once you have to like spend time grinding it can be kind of laborious. But you just kind of have to know that going into it. Because there were some nights, like, way back in the day, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to play video games tonight, but I'm just going to grind. And, like, that was it. Like, for three, four hours, I'd just be out there grinding to build my levels up. Well, that was RPGs as a whole back then, though. Like, you grinded. Like, that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. 
you grind to make sure that you are in a in a good position for what comes next. Like you can you can defeat this particular dungeon or level, uh, and then it it would work out. But you you do kind of have to know that going into it. It's like okay, some nights are just like I can press forward with storyline or advance the the plot of the game and move forward in the game, or it's like all right, this tonight just gotta grind. Like it's I, gonna be it's gonna be tedious at times. But gotta do it because I need to build up those levels. I remember I I rage quit um, Dragon Quest one for a couple months because. So did you ever play the first Dragon Quest? I did not. I have um, in in more recent times for the Switch because they put out a lot of that content out on the Switch, like ported it. Like I bought I bought the game. Uh, I think I have like the first two, three, four of those yeah. games. And they've made they made the the first couple friendlier. Yeah, um, so I've got them then, but but way back in the day, I did not have the Dragon Quest games. But I know that they are one of one of the bigger JRPGs of that era. Yeah, so um, when you die in that game, you you don't like get a game over. You go back to like where you saved and you lose half your gold. So there was mm. a set of armor called the Magic Armor. It was really expensive, and I finally got the money. And I was walking back to town, and I got killed by something going back to town and lost half my money. And I was pissed yeah i can imagine <laughs> so um so final fantasy was a was a cool game uh i also like that like it came with that insert that um had all the enemies on it because mm-hmm. i think i think what happened is i played at a friend's house and i wanted it really bad and so we went to toys r us and i think they had it there but it was like 10 or 20 dollars at the time because you know the nes was on the way out and then, so that was my first JRPG, and then, so then, I had a Super Nintendo at the time already, because it wasn't, like, right when Final Fantasy came out, like, I, I was about 13 when I played it the first time. Mm-hmm. So then, I had my Super Nintendo, and there was a handy-dandy little game for that called Final Fantasy 2. Now, have you played Final, well, so, it was Final Fantasy 2 here, but because of numbering differences it's really final fantasy 4 so have you played final fantasy 4 yes um but i played it i played it as final fantasy 4 not as final fantasy 2 okay so um that's it's probably my favorite final fantasy it and 6 really duke it out for my affection um it's a pretty good one it's yeah it's, it's really good if i well since you mentioned it final fantasy 6 might be like my favorite and I say that as someone who is like, I, re- I mean, I was, I had like an NES and everything, but when everything was kind of progressing to next, like further generations, uh, I was really, really into Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So I, I loved that one. I've been thinking about day. replaying it on. I, have, I have the remake, but I've been thinking about replaying it on the Switch because I think you can like speed up the battles. Okay, so I have, I. I think I actually got the remake, but I, because I, I, I'm pretty sure I bought it uh, on sale in either last year or the year before on uh, on Black Friday. Um, but I have I haven't really had a chance to dive into it. But I did on the Switch buy the remake. Well, not the remake. The the um the original the port. Yeah, the port. The, the original one that's been remaster ported. Remaster or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, I bought it, but I have not had a chance to like actually play it because I have like so many games on the Switch I need to burn through. That's the thing that actually, as a aside, I really love about the Switch. I actually think that Nintendo has done a really good job with porting old stuff and having a constant stream of new games to come out. Not, yeah. not just like obviously from Nintendo or big name providers. But indie stuff is really good. Yes. Oh God, there, there, there is so much. We're, we're trying to convert Shad <laughs> into, um, into getting a switch. Well, he has so one. Much. We're just trying to get him to. Buy oh, he does. Stuff. Yeah. He, he finally bought it. Yeah. Did he get the regular one, or did he get like just the the he switch got the light? light. Uh, okay, but that, so you can't you can't do like physical disc. You can only do like digital. Yeah, you can still put uh, the you can still put the carts in the the light. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was just digital. No, uh, because so <laughs> so when the pandemic started, I bought I bought a light and played it mm-hmm. a lot. 
a lot. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought that was the whole thing about the light is that they didn't. It was only digitally. Like you didn't. No, it just it just doesn't have the the base and all that stuff. The the one thing I have to say though is when I go to like Target and they have like the display models that the OLED one, I just drool over that. Hmm. So anyway, um, you know, six is actually a really revolutionary game, um, graphic yeah. wise. Because like, um, I think that would really hit you early because that, you know, when they're in like the Magitek armor and they're mm. walking to that town and it's playing like the the, the theme music in yeah. the snow, like that really kicks that game off well. And there's that game gets dark. Like, I mean, Celes tries to kill herself, which I don't think I'd ever seen in a game at that point. It gets very, very dark. Because my dumbass gave um, Sid poison fish the first time I played it, mm-hmm. and I killed him. <laughs> but essentially, the bad guy wins after the first half of the game. Yeah, that's that's adds the whole darkness of it. It's just like there's a lot of mature themes to this, and yeah, like the villain kind of does win, and it, it then it becomes. It becomes like this, essentially almost like a post-apocalyptic yep. type of game, which is very, very different. Um, usually, games, either platformers or this, it's like it, there's some hope to it, even if you have like a like something bad happened. It's like, well, if something bad happened like two centuries ago. You have to like save everyone now. It's like something like that, but you didn't see that sort of like darkness or or things like falling apart during the actual game so this was interesting and some of the some of the characters backstories like locks are very very dark yeah well and cyan like he uh his whole t- castle gets um gets poisoned by kefka yeah kefka i i'm i think kefka like routinely rates as one of the most interesting or biggest video game villains of all time. Like, I think that even today, like, like 30 something years or so, maybe not quite 30 years ago, but it, it, all this time, like, I think he's wait, maybe about 25 years ago. He still rates. He still rates as like one of the most memorable villains of all time. He really subverts your expectations because I remember playing it the first time. I always thought, the first time I played, I always thought he was some aside you were going to beat and then go on to, like, the bigger bad. Yeah. Because I thought the Emperor was going to be the bigger bad, and then he kills the Emperor. Yeah. So, the, yeah. like, they really throw you for a loop with that. Because you kind of yeah. think he's a joke at first. Yeah. But I think they did that to intentionally kind of, like, disarm you. Like, you didn't know what you're going to be getting into. Yeah. And he's kind of... He's really interesting because... He's somewhat like the Joker in the sense that he is just absolutely mad and he is relentlessly like nihilistic. Yeah. And so he will just destroy people and things and not care. It's just it's just brutal. He's like he's a in many ways he's like a an absolutely horrific villain. Yep. Like he's terrifying. Yep. And um it has a fairly large cast, but I feel like all of them are pretty memorable. And I mean, it mm. probably has like it has like the bucket list item if you're a video game player that you have to do, which is suplex the train. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, everyone you you always have to suplex the train. Yes. But yeah, that that was a that was a really great game. Um I still play it from time to time. I'm I'm due for a repeat on that one, actually. Um, did they? I forget. Did they put a port out of that for they the Switch? Did, they just put um on PC on Steam. They put out one through six like is like updated pixel versions. Okay. Uh, man, I have. I'm pretty. Sh- let me let me actually look this up. Because I feel like I got, I feel like I got it on some other platform other than, other than like the Super NES or anything like that. But I, I had the Game Boy Advance games for four, five, and six. 
Yes, I think maybe it was on Game Boy Advance, but I, I almost feel like they, they did put a port of that somewhere. And I think, because I, I, I forget sometimes, like, what I've, it's got a good problem to have, but I forget sometimes what I have bought, like, ports yeah, or things like that for the Switch. That's what I was saying, like, there's there's so many games that you can get on the Switch. Um, and it's it's easy to get a bunch, only because there's constantly, like, t- Nintendo's constantly running sales. Oh, yeah. And there's some actually good, like, uh, like indie games out there that you can get that are not that expensive. I how many? Let me ask you this: If you're like an avid Switch player, how many memory cards do you have? I juggle, so I only have one, but I think it has quite a bit of memory on it. It does have quite a bit of memory. Um, I try to save that memory like free. I, I try to keep it free. I am now working on my third memory card that I have just like bought and downloaded Switch games. Um, that I've been playing through, working my way through. It's a fantastic system. I mean, we have two uh, switches in this house, so. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's tough sometimes to actually like find the time to game. So even though I have like multiple gaming systems, uh, they're located down in my my office. So it's tough to, again to be like right in front of a a, a console and in front of the TV like playing it. So that's partly why I love the Switch. It's like I literally, I have it upstairs uh, in our bedroom. So if my wife goes to sleep before me, which is usually often, like I will usually stay up a little bit later than her, uh, I I could just pull out the Switch uh, on a random night and start playing. And you can play it for like only like an hour or so. Like whatever whatever amount of time you have or can't afford it, like it's pretty easy to do that. Yeah, I take mine to work sometimes too. Yeah. You can play it if you if you have thirty minutes. It's like, all right, I'm gonna play this for thirty minutes. You do that, and then it's like, okay, and you put it down. Yeah, because uh, people people get um people get bitchy because like so mine isn't like my home system, so I have to connect to the internet for the games to work. And mm-hmm. people get really bitchy about that. I'm like, I don't know what the big deal is. I just turn my phone into a hotspot long enough for my switch to pick it up to yeah. start the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um. What are do you have any like specific 16-bit RPGs that you're big on? Uh, I've talked about this on the show before, and it still is the case. Uh, we are we're actually going to try to do like a show on it. Yeah. But it's Shining Force for the. I know they put it out for the Sega Genesis because that's where I I initially owned it. Um, and I think it's I think it's been ported to other things, but I know that they there's yeah, been I a few. On, I have it on PC. Yeah, and there has been they've been putting out a few either um, Sega Genesis. I know like they've done like Sega Genesis collections that have come out on like PlayStation, like Xbox, PSP. Arcade. I had one. Yeah, um, Switch they, has and they, a version. Yeah, oh, that's true. And they also have put that out like essentially as like a hard copy because either a handheld or as like a like a plug-in type of console, uh, much like the old like the Nintendo Classic that they put out a few years ago, it has like a bunch of Sega Genesis games. Shining Force One and Two are some of them. And because we're trying to we're going to try to do like a, a future episode of the podcast on the Shining Force, I have been slowly working my way through it. And I say slowly because I usually like to. I that's a different type of game. That you can you can grind at that game, but it requires you doing it in a kind of an interesting way. But that I actually feel like the storyline is great, the characters are great, it's a lot of fun. I um I've been sitting with a guide on that one to make sure I get everyone. I think I'm in Act Five now. It's I will say it's not that hard to find all the characters for the most part. Like most for the most part, like if you go to every town. And just talk to everyone, like look around as much. Like you can usually find most characters. It's only like at the very end with the last like two, three characters that you could potentially miss something. You have to talk to that one guy in his flying machine a couple times, but yeah, uh, was that Kikuchi? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, um, you get a lot there's... of centaurs. Though. That's my biggest complaint. Is like there's just a lot of useless knights hanging around. 
Yeah, most of those knights are not that good. No. Um, there's a couple that I keep around. Uh, because that's the thing. Like, there's I think you can have like twelve characters at a time. Yeah. And you you think of like wow twelve that's like a lot. It's like no not really because I think like playable characters there's like third like thirty six or something like that. You get a lot. You're basically gonna have to be like figuring out which character you really really like. Um, some of them are straight people... up broken. Like when you start getting like Gantz and Domingo, those guys are just busted. They they are broken. Like Domingo uh, has effectively like very little like hit points, but his magic power is like ridiculous to and the he point soaks, where he soaks aggro too. That's the other thing with him. Yeah, like he, it's it, ridiculous. It's he his magic is ridiculous to the point where like he can one shot most non boss characters. Yep, and um, the one lady Teo is pretty broken. Tao's Tao gets really good. Like, like she's always good in my opinion. Yeah, and there's other characters that I include and I like, like Zylo the werewolf. Yeah, like he's he's pretty solid throughout. You just have to put a speed ring on him. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there's other characters that it's like when I like the my when I was a child playing through this, like my first way through, I didn't give a lot of attention to like Blue the dragon. But if you level him up, which I don't think I don't know that most people do, but if you level him up, you take the time to actually level him. Like he is a he is a wrecking machine. Like he can actually tear through people, and he flies. Like that's his mobility is like insane. Now I do like the sequel to it too. Have you played Shining Force too? Believe it or not, as much as I love Shining Force, I've not. Um, but again, I own. I own the Shining Force collection. You should give two a Sega, try. Yeah, I own the Sega Genesis collection like multiple ways. Like I, I own it on uh, Sega. I own it on uh, sorry the PS3. I own it again. I have like an actual like uh, handheld but physical console. Um, I think I own it like one or two other ways. Like I, I have a lot of it. So I, I, I think I have it for like the Game Boy Advance too. Um. So yeah, I I have it. I definitely need to play it through. It's on my list of things. My list that's like a thousand games long. Yeah. Let's to play through. It just gets longer and longer. Yeah. So then uh, uh, let's go back to the Super Nintendo here. But uh, mm-hmm. Secret of Mana, I think, is one that has a big following from this era. Yes. Um, I actually never like played that that much. So maybe you can tell me more about it. I think people remember it strongly because of the three-player option, mm. uh, but it's it's kind of like an action RPG. I think it has a lot of issues um, as a game, but I see why it's well liked. So, but it's kind mm. of it's got good music, a lot of atmosphere. Um, it's just a fun little game. Uh, if people own it, the Super NES Classic Edition that came out like five or six years ago. Um, that's Secret of Mana is included in that, uh, and I think did they just re- they just release this again on the Switch? Like a port of this came out, or was it? I think it was right. There was a there was like an updated port a couple years ago that hit all the systems. It, what you're thinking of is probably Trials of Mana, which is like um, the third game that never came out here. Well, so, no, I actually think Secret of Mana came out, too, because they put out two different things. They put out Secret of Mana, which got ported over. Oh, there's a collection and, that has, like, the yes. Game Boy game and yeah. the sequel in its original form. Okay. Yeah, they, they put out a couple. So there's, like, a lot of stuff out there. Um, there's at least a couple games from the, the Switch, and I own that. Um, and again, that's on my, like, list of stuff to get through. I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to start burning through some of that uh, in the near-ish future because it's summer, like, obviously, like, outside of the house more. But once it starts getting colder, uh, mostly inside during the winter, I'm going to probably pick it up. Yeah, I, I, um, I've been trying to, like, make a list because I want to start knocking some games off my list uh, here. And I'm trying to, like, sometimes I try and, like, go by, like, okay, what are some short games I can... I can KO real quick. 
Mm-hmm. Because it just there's so much, and I've just gotten so behind. Because especially last year, I didn't play basically anything because my carpal tunnel was so bad I couldn't hold mm. controllers or anything. And um, I started playing a lot when I was out with surgery, and you know I've played more since. But um, I'm just trying to start like getting to where I can knock some stuff out for myself. Because mm. Elden Ring has been taking up a lot of my time. I don't have that. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I am eventually gonna probably get that. But it has. Um, I'm. I would say it has hmm? legitimate goat arguments. So I never really got too far into like playing Dark Souls, but is it like Dark Souls it's just a, as an it's RPG? Similar, it's a similar concept. Um, it has the difficulty, like, the idea of learning the bosses and stuff is there, but it's just like an open-world exploration RPG, too. Hmm. So you can level and stuff and get better gear, so you do have to learn, but you can mitigate things, too. I see. Because sometimes it's like, well, like, I just don't think I have enough to beat this boss, so I'm going to go level for a while, like, stuff like that. How hard is it to level? So is, is it like an RPG in that sense, where it's like again, thinking way back even like Final Fantasy. If you know what it's you're like, doing, okay, I can go ahead. If you know uh, what you're doing, it's not too bad. But the problem is like, if you die, you have to go and get your souls to to get them back. And if you die in the interim, like you lose all that. And sometimes you know shit happens. Hmm. But, like, when I need to level, I know what... Like, I know, okay, well, if I go hit these enemies, I'll get this much. And it's not it's not too bad. And you have to know, like, what... Like, because I kind of screwed myself because I leveled the wrong stats, like, at first. And so I had to sit there and level to get my endurance up because that was causing me issues. And then once I did that, it was it was better. But you learn, like, you like part of it is learning, too, and be like, okay, well, I don't, like, I, I can't, like, attack too much because when I commit to attacks, that opens me up. Stuff like that is how it works. I see. So is there anything else from, like, the 16-bit era that you have, like, memories of playing? I'm kind of avoiding Chrono Trigger because we talked about that a couple shows back. Yeah, and I, I, I should playing uh the remake the remaster however you want to describe it for the switch um but i've not had a chance to play through that but i had i do own it again it's one of my many games that i'm going to go through um but i'm probably going to play that one sooner rather than later just because it is such a classic yeah i still feel like the some of the music there is like fantastic oh it is yeah and the the chrono cross also has excellent music Mm. i need to get back to that one too I have, well, I've, uh, I have to look to see if I could probably, like, there are 16-bit ones that I could think of. Uh, but in terms of, like, if you want to bump it up to 32-bit. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, there's there's a lot from that era, too. Yeah, I'm specifically thinking of, like, two Game Boy Advance games. Uh Advance Wars and its sequel, Advance Wars 2. Both turn based, they're more like a strategy game versus just like a pure JRPG. Yeah. But so much fun. God, I love those games. I know they delayed the, the remake of the first one, which I'm sad about. Ah, did, did they delay it? Yeah, they I delayed kinda, it. I guess that makes sense. Year. I guess that makes sense because I knew it was coming and then I kind of stopped hearing about it. Yeah. So I I haven't I didn't think more about it, but that does make sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, those those were a lot of fun. Also, the advantage. Yeah, had... and thinking about the Nintendo Advance, Game Boy Advance, uh, Golden Sun. Do you ever play those? Yeah, those were those reminded me a lot of um, what they were. Kind of they remind me of Shining Force, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm pretty sure I played both. Uh, not that long. There. 
Really? For um, the 3DS. Ah, huh. I never got. I never had the 3DS. Uh, no, uh, sorry, just the D. It was for the DS, but you can play it on the 3DS. My apologies. I see. Uh, How about um, I? I'm pretty sure I. The GBA gave me my first exposure to Fire Emblem. Yes, that's I did too. I actually that was like my next question because they Fire Emblem has been around for a while, um, and I saw that like was Fire Emblem Fire Emblem Gaiden may have been like an NES version, but I never played that. Was that was that an actual NES game or was it might that have been a prototype? It had never come out here until the GBA games. Okay, looking it up, it came. Fire Emblem Gaiden came out in '92 on the Famicom. That's why I kind of ask, because like I, I, you're you are correct. Like my first exposure was on the Game Boy Advance, and I became. That's why I became like obsessed with Fire Emblem. Yeah, because it's very different. Like the the permadeath, like really threw me off at first. Yeah, like when when I first hit it, like I would lose a character, and like oh, okay, well like I'll, I'll get it back. I'll go back to like healing them. I'll go to the town again and I'll heal them. Yeah. Um, resurrect them, and then it's like no, they're permanently dead. I'm like what? Yeah, because so I had to like I had to like restart. Yeah. A yeah. Certain sh- portion of the game. Shining Force is very different in that even if you're leveled, your characters are very frail, and there is mm-hmm. um. You need to be able to initiate like one-on-one battles because of uh, like just asset management, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been I've been obsessed with that ever since, especially like when the they like the the 3DS games came out here, like Awakening, which is just an excellent game, and um, Three Houses, which is just awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I own that. Um, again, not, <laughs> not a chance to play it through. It's a, I, it's a rabbit it's, hole. Yeah. It, it, I, it's like very first world problems. And I'm like, oh yeah, I own this game, but I haven't played it. It's like, most people would be jealous. It's like, you will glad you own it. I wish I owned it. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, now that I, I'm just like trying to think off the top of my head, like, old old school like rpgs did you ever play any of the jrpgs games uh i did i actually had i think i had breath of fire 3 yeah that's that's the one a lot of people played what about um sui Koden? no no i knew that game i never like played that one now this this next one i consider a spiritual successor to shining force which is vandal Mm -hmm. hearts for PlayStation. Uh, you know, I heard a lot about that back in the day, um, but I actually, I never owned that or played that one. Oh, interesting. That's, that's one to, that's one to go back and revisit, I think. Hmm. Did they port that one? I feel like they could have ported that one. No, I think that's only ever been on PlayStation. Oh man. Like I've, I heard that was like, it was so well oh, received. It might have, it might have, gotten move it might have shown up on like the playstation store like one on one of the older systems they kind of ruined it because they did they kind of ruined it because the the sequel they kind of did this weird thing where you move at the same time as the enemies and it wasn't well received Mm -hmm. Uh, did they port it to like the uh did they port it to like the virtual console? Um, they had like the PlayStation Store. They did a sequel, a prequel called Vandal Hearts: Flames of Judgment that was on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Hmm. But I don't see any re-releases for it. There's a Microsoft Windows version for it that was only came out in Japan. Boo. Uh-huh. Lame. 
But I think um I think that covers like a lot of the highlights. I'll throw Castlevania Symphony of the Night was kind of RPG ish. I actually, you know what? I had wrote down some notes and I actually wanted to question you and see what you were your opinion on that is because some people do consider that because it had very it had some like RPG elements to it. I would say it more than some other Metroidvanias just because it has a level system, it has equipment. Um, it very much feels like it's an RPG. Mm-hmm. And, well, then, wait, this... and it does behoove you to grind at points too. Yeah, I have, I have two games that I could just remember that one's is just because it's fun. I mentioned it before, and one is like, would you consider this like a an RPG or JRPG? Um, the game that I consider like a lot of fun, and I've talked about it before, is Wild Arms. Oh yeah, yeah. That came out. That came out for like the PlayStation. I like the people... novelty of like a Western RPG with that. Yeah, it that was that was like weird. It's kind of like a best way to describe it. It's kind of like it is kind of like an anime. It's kind of like it's Wild op- Wild West if it was like not shitty and uh, an RPG. It's it's weird because it's like parts of it are. It's obviously like Wild West theme, but it's also parts of it are like steampunk. Yeah. And parts of it are like blatantly sci-fi because I think like the whole premise is like the big bad is I think it's called Mother and it's basically like an alien that has come and just like destroyed this planet. And it's it's a good, it's a really good game that gets slept on. They did like two or three sequels to it, so it's not like it wasn't It kind of it kind of was like so, like, to go back, like, I got a PlayStation in the spring of 97 because Final Fantasy VII was coming out. And you had to play something until Final Fantasy VII came out. So if you're into mm-hmm. RPGs, like, that was just sitting there shiny and new. So a lot of people like me got Wild Arms and played that for the summer of 97 uh, until Final Fantasy came out. Yeah. It's a good game. Uh, I actually wish they would port that one to the Switch. Three's pretty solid, too. Yeah, that's right. They did, again, they did like three, maybe even four sequels to it, and they're, they're all like pretty good. I think after three, it starts getting a little dicey. Yeah. I really do think that they should port that one. Um, I've said that before. Like they, they, There was a trick to that. Like it wasn't like a game genie type of code, but it was a, it was a trick to it that just would break the game <laughs> if you used it, because there was a way that you could do it. This trick where you could basically get like 250 of an item. Oh yeah. So you could basically do that to get like it, almost like an in, practically an infinite number of like healing potions or uh, items that would resurrect you, or just like you could do that for. and then you know get huge amounts of, of, of gold yeah too and that would just like, put you in a good position yeah um so it would kind of break things from that perspective but it was still like a fun game yeah so what's uh what's uh, your the game i did the game one uh, river city ransom for in the old school nintendo i that's that's a weird one because it's like you it's kind of like a beat 'em up game, but it had it had like action role playing well, elements like if to you, it. If you ate, you had like you had to increase your stats. Yes. Yeah, I would consider it an RPG. I kind of feel like it would be an RPG. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not like a a JRPG per se, but it's it, 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 has, it I feel like it is. It, it has, has heavier RPG. RPG elements than a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I th- think that they've done other. I think they've done like ports of it or like styles on it. They, they actually Nino, did. They have a Nino Kuni collection for um, Switch. They did. Um, I think they did. I don't know if it's like a, actually. Like oh, a I'm sorry. Se- it's not Nino Kuni. I'm I'm stupid. Can you can? Fuck it. Nino Kuni. Yeah, Nino Kuni is what it is. Not Nino Kuni though. They did, they basically did like a sequel kind of to River City Ransom, like a couple of years back. 
called River City Girls, which I, I have not care for it. Oh, you you played it? Yeah, I, I was excited about it, but there's like, it's it has some issues, and there's like a lot of stun locking, and I didn't I didn't I like the aesthetics of it, and it was it was it was an interesting idea, but that there was just it was clunky, and I didn't like the gameplay very much. Hmm. That's disappointing because it looked like it had promise to it. Yeah. I was dis- I was really disappointed with it. This is not an action RPG or an RPG per se, but did you did you play did you get and or play Streets of Rage 4, which came out a couple years ago? No, it's been on my t- I'm I might have bought it somewhere. I haven't played it yet. It's, it's been on my to-do list. It's pretty much just like the old Streets of Rage games for the, the Sega Genesis. Just punching and, hookers for a living. <laughs> yes, um, it's a fun game. It's really fun. So if you like that old school style of game, uh, the Streets of Rage, like the final fight type of like platformer, like it's it's good. Cool. I think when I bought it, it was more money. It's, it's more expensive. I, I think it was like thirty bucks when I bought it, but after like. To at least a couple of years, like I don't think it's that much anymore. Probably it goes it's on probably sale like, pretty regularly. Yeah, I'm sure it's like twenty bucks or less. Yeah. Nowadays. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode. So um, next week we are, if if Shad is back, I don't know what we're going to do. But if if he's still uh, not going to be joining us, we're going to pick a recent. Tokyo Joshi Pro Show and review that. I have not decided mm. what that's going to be. We'll probably just take the last big event mm. and do it. But that's that's what the plan is right now. And then past that, we haven't really talked about anything. True. Yeah. So uh, thank you for joining us as always. Uh, how does he say it? Uh, we've been in, well, I guess two corners. And, <laughs> Three quarters. Three yeah. corners. Well, but yes, there's only two of us now. So yeah. I guess we, we, we're in only two corners. Yeah. And you can pick the third or the fourth. <laughs> if you have a pet, maybe they can be in the third. Yeah. A spouse, a kid. Yes. Throw them in the third, and you're in the fourth. Yep. Later. Later.